The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters podcast. My name is Brandon Jose, joined today by my co-host, Tanya. Uh, hello, it's Tanya Geyer-Sager coming from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. And today's special guest is Danny Halroyd from Southern Michigan Paranormals. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, Danny, if you just want to give some like a kind of your background in the paranormal field, like how you got into it and like along those lines. Yeah. Um, so loosely, I say loosely because I argue with my old VP, uh, 2008, 2009, we became the Southern Michigan Paranormals. But before that, um, I was operating very early on, very close to 2006 to that time as the Paranormals, because my partner investigator, we were anything but normal. And we thought it was funny to call ourselves the pair of normals. Uh, and we kind of played on that. But uh, the group has, you know, loosely been around since then. Uh, to date, we just uh, did another uh, Henderson Castle tour, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about that in the program. But uh, it was remarkable that we've done 302 investigations since 2008, 2009, which blows me away still. I know I remember people back in the day saying that's impossible. The numbers are impossible. But I had to tell them early on that we, my group, when, when we got going, wanted stuff every Friday, every Saturday night, sometimes, you know, Saturday going into Sunday, then we would pick up stuff in the day because, you know, we were taking private cases too, that would have to be in the middle of the week. And with a few of us, even though we were all working, you know, jobs, we would take the time off or trade out shifts. And I could do that in corporate security. I could trade out shifts. And then, you know, so it did, you know, after a while, I will tell you that my wife had a sit down talk with me, a very serious talk that she supports me 100% in this, but she's like, Hey, uh, Dan, love you, but it'd be cool that you see the kids before they graduate from college. And, uh, you know, it does affect people's relationships and their marriages. I don't think that's talked about enough, but I, I guess I'll mention it, but she was right. I had to find a balance and, after about a year or two, you know, I pulled that back and said, listen, I, I, I am obsessed by this because, you know, Brandon it's, and, and Tanya, it's happened to me since I've been a small kid. And I mean, very young. And, um, but when I got older, it just, it happened more and more. And then I pursued it. And, you know, I know you guys, it, be, it starts out as like, like a hobby that you're really interested in. And it turns into a very deep obsession. And it can get a hold of you quick if you don't maintain that balance. And so that's, I guess, a quick synopsis of me. Um, I'm a little sensitive. I allow it to happen when it happens. I've had scores of, you know, adventures. But uh, I want to tell you that this is a big part of my life and who I am. And I love doing it. And uh, there's you and I have mutual people we know, you know, out here in the field in Michigan and beyond. And uh I guess, I guess that's it. That's, I think that's the shortest I think I've ever really put it uh, to somebody, but uh, I've, I've got a great team and people have come and gone from this team. It's never been the Dan show. I'm just like the front guy, you know, the guy who put it together, but you know, I've had people leave and I have a couple people who are still with me, but I will say they've all done amazing work. I am happy now. I've got an engineer scientist on the squad and he's began building some of our devices and it's really cool. And uh, just, I put a mix in our group, you know, we set out to debunk first before we just start claiming everything is, you know, uh, spirit or ghosts. And uh, I'm still a believer, but I'm a, I'm a healthy skeptic. I think a lot of people should operate that way. And we continue to operate on that level. I, I put, you know, every religion thought and belief into it, apparently, you know, to uh, against the client's uh, idea or wishes, obviously, but as a whole. And I take all that stuff and I put it in the bowl and make a soup. And then I try to come up with the best educated guess sometime, because I will tell you right off the bat, what I know about paranormal is nothing. 
I think a lot of us know nothing and we're just grabbing at straws and we're trying to give folks the best guess, you know, that we can, if they see we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So, wow, that was a lot of talk and I apologize, but there's my answer. Well, that's uh, perfectly <laughs> fine. That's what we got you on here for is, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tanya. I find it fascinating that you admit to that bit of sensitive side. A lot of paranormal investigators I, I that I've talked to, that's not the first thing they'll say. They usually don't want to admit they're sensitive because they want to be a little bit skeptic. Right, right. And I didn't at first. You're right. That's a good observation. I didn't at first because I knew that would probably fit. You know, even if I say it to people now who are aware of me, there, you know, some of them who don't know me, you're right. I, I get the the rolling of the eyes like, oh, here we go. You know, because there's a lot of people in groups who they say that. And I know all, all, all four of us here know that some people think they have it, but we know they probably don't. And it's not to besmirch anybody. I'm just saying, and there's people who know they don't, and they figure they'll get more attention by saying that type of thing. So I, I thank you for that observation. I, I kept it secret for a while, and I just can't anymore because there's things that happen to me on the tour in front of gr crowds of people. And it get, it, they find it a little strange, but I find it kind of normal for me now, I guess, at this point. I know the feeling I'm being a psychic myself. I, I know the feeling. Right. Right. It's interesting to have those experience in it and you break <laughs> into that paranormal field. I'm the same way. I like to go into an investigation being a skeptic a bit because there's situations they'll say or things that'll happen that my first instincts are, what are the logical first yeah and, and i bet you're and i bet you're feeling it i'm sorry sorry no i wanted to let you finish i i have a habit of interrupting i apologize i was just saying with, with your investigations have you found there's more logical explanations than the paranormal there's a balance i know it looks like i'm frozen up yeah there's a balance there really is um I couldn't give you like a percentage against a percentage, but yeah, you're right. There, there are quite a few that they want to hear. I put it, I'm trying to put it in good terms. They're going to hear what they want to hear sometimes with some of the, the cases, which is why we don't do too many personal cases anymore. I joked around on the radio here one year on WRKR uh, with my friend, Mike McKelly, and he used this all year as a soundbite. I mean, even into spring and summer that, I would go into the house and I would turn into the paranormal social worker because that also had an effect on what was going on sometimes. But, you know, even being sensitive as you are, there's times too, I can, sometimes I'm fooled, but I can also sometimes pick up that I'm not getting the whole story. I'm not, I, I don't think that some things are, are, are as are, they say they are. And if I struggle tonight, everybody out in the audience, I had brain surgery in December and I'm still having weird stuff with it. So I forgive me if I stutter a little bit. It'll come through, I promise. But, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. And I just try, like you said, I just try to do my best to common sense at first before we just start jumping, you know. And I had a talk today. This is, you must have been reading my mind from, you know, where you're living. Because I had a gentleman walk up to my Jeep today. I went in the Jeep dealership with my son just to look at the new Jeeps. I got a Jeep commander. That's it's an ectomobile. That's a whole nother story. But the thing is the gentleman approached me and then he's like, well, I, my house is haunted, you know, and I prayed to Jesus and I'm into Jesus. And he wasn't over the top, but I thought instantly right there. And I know you've dealt with this too. You know, I had to say, well, let me just take you back a bit. We got to put it in neutral ground and we have to operate in neutral area before we start going on your belief system or what you've been taught or what I've been taught. Cause if we do that, we're, we're committing a disservice to investigate about what you really have. But he, he then said to me, he goes, well, I've never had anything attack me, bite me or do anything bad. It's just that I see some stuff and you know, I, I I'll ask you, you look for that. You look for certain verbiage and signs too, if it was really terrible or bad, which he didn't say any of that. So I just thought, well, we'll, We'll come in and we'll let you know. My but, uh, question I usually ask of in that kind of thing is, 
doesn't scare you. He didn't, he didn't, it didn't scare him. I asked that too. So yeah, you're reading my mind. This is great. I like this interview. So, it, you know, it, I did. And I told him why. And uh, he said, yeah, come on out. And I said, well, now look, I'm not going to come there one night because he already told me a group had been there and I know who these people are. They're from way over in the east side of Michigan. I'm not going to mention the city. It sounds like E. Right. We'll just say that. So basically, I told him I'd have to come there maybe three or four different times and we'll set a four hour minimum each time to be very unobtrusive to you and your family. And we'll sit down first, have a talk where are you at. I have a lot more things that I ask. I actually go through almost an interrogation project to take on any private case because I've asked things three or four different ways, not intentionally to trip anybody up or see if they're lying, but it will give me a basis, you know what I mean, to correlate some sort of different structure in there if they're not telling me the same thing asked differently. And then I have to work back from that. And if there's times through that process that I'm not sure, um, there's times I've said, well, I don't, I don't think we're the right group and here's another group or there's a listing of groups out there. And I think they want somebody to come in and tell them what they want to hear. And then other times, as, as I said earlier, I go in and I ask, and I've got a nurse on my team. She goes with me to all these. And if they, I see tons of medication, we write them down and we know what they are. And if there's, you know, if there's psychotropic drugs and different things, cause you're schizophrenic and things of that nature, I'm not going to turn you down. I don't want to be, ever be that guy that maybe they have something happen and now it's worse because not only are they schizophrenic, now they got, you know, they got aunt Meg running around through the house. Um, so I just, I just try to back up on that too. So I'm always in answer to slightly what you said, I'm just always looking for, a common sense balance to everything first. And then what I'm left with, I'm just, I'm amazed. And I got to tell you, I've been amazed by some things. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've been in those situations. I mean, I go in not knowing on right. because I don't want to know what's going on. And I let the environment tell me, because then when I come back and ask the questions and they don't seem to, sometimes I've had it where they completely match the energy that's being told to me. And then I've had other times where it's like, mm, these two stories aren't making sense. Like right. tell me one, the house energy, mm -hmm. or the energy that we're in is telling me one story, but they're telling me something completely different. And it's like I said, I've experienced where I agree with you. You go in mm -hmm. and they want you to tell them something they want to hear. Yep. And that's, that's like, I looked at that one, I've worked at people before and go, that's not how I work. And you're going to have to find yourself another team or another, you know, another person, because I can't, I don't work that way. Yeah. I came across that recently. I have a friend, she's been sick on and off for a while. And I've known, you know, Christy for quite a long time. I should probably, won't say, I should probably shouldn't say her name, but I won't say the name of a group, but you know, she went in and the same thing. And then because she told them the truth and it wasn't what they wanted to hear, it just turned into a thing. And she asked if I would like to go over and take a look. And some people that I discussed off air, I guess, got involved and I, yeah, I'm out. You know, I washed my hands because you're right. There are, there are people who just insist that you tell them they got demons and evil things running around their house. And I just, I wouldn't know because I haven't been there, but I, I would almost suspect they probably don't. And uh, I don't know what some people get out of that. You know, Tanya, I, if I have you on my show, I would ask you that question. Like, you know, they tell you stories and then you're like, what are you getting out of this? Do you, you think you're going to be on YouTube or I don't know. What are you looking for? You know what I mean? Some attention. I don't that's, get it. That's where I think it is. It's a lot of times they, they think it's a special kind of attention. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah. And they want you to validate that. And mm. I learned a long time ago, that's not the type of attention I want, especially negative. I mean, have you dealt with any negative entities or negative spirits since, uh, since you've been investigating? I have, yeah. I mean, my first personal case was in Saugatuck, Michigan. And I can give you, you know, pretty good description without sharing too many, you know, without sharing names. The individual has since moved out of the state, but his dad is a, is a professional there in town, a dentist. 
And uh, I met this person because I've been doing podcasts since about 2008. On Blog Talk, I started out. So if everybody knows that, that's old, old school, man. And then we went to live stream. And then in between, we ended up on uh, People's TV Network, which is the first internet TV thing that was going on. But that's here and there. So it's not really, ba it's not important to the story. Again, I'm drifting. I apologize, everybody. So we went in there because this person told me that when he would come to the show, he had things going on. He wasn't sure. First, there's a vortex in his bedroom and something screaming at him, keeping him up in the middle of the night. And I, I was interested And the person that I had with me. Uh, he kind of backed out on me, uh, left me hanging. So my wife went with me. And when we were in the door, I met him and two of his friends. And the first thing they said to us was that my wife must have been a witch in her past life, which we found interesting, which I believe she was. I mean, she's 100% Irish. They come like 100%. And I could tell you stories. So that I piqued my interest. There's other stuff that's attached to the house. And there's an apartment in the back of this bungalow, which was built in 1927. Um, I found that all that out afterwards, but I he brought up the fact that the apartment behind him was left as it was. And this was probably 10 years prior to me coming in that a young man had been renting that. And he mm -hmm. went out one went out one night and he disappeared and has never been seen since it's still an open case. And during that investigation, I felt, you know, like you probably would, I felt something was odd in the house. Like it was off. And uh, what it came down to is when I started seeing things in my head, because that's how I get, I get quick images. And I saw, first I thought I saw a woman who seemed like she was waiting for somebody to come back from World War II because Sagatuck was used when they had small carriers in the Great Lakes to train these pilots. She had fallen in love with somebody. He never came back. She was hanging out there sad. Uh, she then quickly disappeared. Then I, I came across an older man who kept shouting at me, not shouting at me, was insistent. He was cold. He was very cold and he needed a blanket. Um, and then this dark, all I can describe it, maybe Tanya, tell me if you've been, you've, you've been through this. It was like a dark mass. I saw a dark mass. It's almost like a cloud, but it doesn't have that, that feel to it. And it came in and, the, and both of them stopped talking to me. And it just, it kind of sat there in my mind for a second. And then I asked it to move on and let them speak. And this sounds really fantastical, I know, but this is what I, this is what I picked up, okay? And I shared, only shared it with my wife, I whisper, because it then moved on. And then I still felt they were there, but it felt a little more clear. So as the night went on, I slept in Steve's bed. Oh, I gave his name out. I won't say his last name, I promise. So I slept in his bed and nothing screamed at me, but I did have some weird activity because next morning we tried hooking up one of my cameras and the, <laughs> you're all going to love this. I was old school when we started. So this, <laughs> this was before we started SMP. So 2006 and I had a, I had a JVC camera, everybody ready. Y'all know what a VHS recorder is. Anybody in the room? Oh, that's I what I I can't remember yeah. so that's what I had so and we turned it on and I turned I, I had a JVC had a little night shot not like we have now and uh, we sat in the room and I saw dust and you know they're like oh look at there's one there's one and I was telling them that listen I, I'm I'm of different languages on dust orbs with you know bugs dust you know moisture whatever it might have been could be a hair a lip from your hair i don't know a butt hair who knows right who knows so at one point i did say i go well if the if a couple of you are really spirits this is where it got weird for me um could you come out of the closet could you circle steve twice and land in his left hand and we watch nothing for a couple seconds and I'll be damned comes out of the closet, goes around him, goes around his head and settles down on his left hand and then goes into his hand. He didn't feel a thing. I didn't let on that. I'm seeing this on, on the monitor because I had a monitor on top of the VHS recorder and I still have that footage. And, uh, 
I'm like, okay, that's, that is interesting to me. And, uh, so they then, then admitted when we were leaving the next day that they were all practicing Wiccans, which doesn't bother me. My, my daughter's a Wiccan. I got friends, whether I put some belief in it or not, it's beside the point. I just, it doesn't bother me. Okay. I didn't think that had anything to do, but then they st started telling me about, you know, uh, doing EVP sessions or doing, you know, the candle lit, you know, um, type of, uh, seance. And, uh, and I told them, well, you know, even when I open this up, sometimes I'm not prepared for what I think kind of comes through to communicate, you know, and I think something had bad has always been there. Yeah. I can tell that. I don't think you guys did anything to bring anything in here. It's always been here. And, and I asked him again, how long have you lived here? He goes, well, I've only been renting this place for after he moved in. So there's that. So what I feel that I encountered, and I don't do removal or any of that, I felt that I, I had come up against something dark that was there and it didn't feel good. I don't think it was demonic. I'm not telling anybody that because I don't, I don't think it was. I think I really of a mind that I think there's some entities out there, maybe parallel or otherwise doesn't mean that my word means crap to anybody, but I think that, I think that is maybe a possibility too. And then when I came back for a revisit, we, he got the key from the landlord to go in that back apartment and everything was left and it was covered in cobwebs. Here's this guy's Western Michigan university books. It was creepy McCreeper. Like just like he just left everything. There was food on the table, still on the plate. Like he just walked. I, cause he's in the Bay there in Saugatuck, Michigan. I know you're not from here. I don't know if you know where, what it looks like. No, Brandon, Brandon might know. So my perception is I, maybe he, a lot of, people in that area that off themselves unalive themselves you know they go in the bay there they swim and drown themselves so i he just up and left so i go in the basement we find a basement door that we didn't know was there i know this is long but trust me it bears out to something really weird in this house and there's so much dirt on the steps that you have to sweep the corners for you to be able to put your foot down. So we, we crept down as we got to the bottom, same thing. It's like the Herman Munster mansion. It's just full of cobwebs and doesn't bother me. I see tons of dead spiders, you know, where they crystallize and all that stuff. And they've been in there for years, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I looked to the left and they had a shelf full of all these canned peaches and, tomatoes which started looking like some really horrific horror movie experiments and i looked over to my right and there's a basement window and i look and it's full of dust but on the right side when part of the window it's freshly been wiped in a circle it's clean i know right i see your look so to get to it to get to this, I have to go through all these cobwebs and I disturbed the dust on the floor. So now you're seeing my, my tennis shoe footprints and I'm covered and I mean covered in this stuff. And there's a, what's funny is there's a bench just below it. It's called a lover's bench, you know, where they're in opposite directions. So you would sit on one side, he would sit on your backs or to each other. And then you can lean over and kiss each other. And that's what they called it. And as I get closer to the window, as I, I, I get up on my tiptoes and look out the window. It's of the bungalow that's next door. And it's, it's a small window. And I see this lady and she's undressing. It's in her bathroom. She's undressing. And I'm like, okay. So I get down, my wife's behind me. I go, take a look. And he's like, oh no, oh no. And I'm going, yeah. So I know it wasn't him, you know, who owns the place because he would have disturbed all the stuff. And then I saw a handprint in the window. I have this picture that I show up my tour too. And I'm like, what in the hell's going on in your house, Steve? I, I think you got a pervert spirit, you know, uh, is it connected? I don't know. We didn't really do a follow-up because he shortly, he had drama and he moved out of the house. And, but that was like one of my first cases, but I will tell you, I think that's one of the first times I felt that I came up against something that did feel it was negative. It was negative. So, you know, I don't know, but, uh, there's been a couple others since, but just, I don't know. That just weirded me out. Still does.
Still weirds me out. So now we know that ghosts are perverts too. So I guess yep. I'm not going to hell, hell alone, I guess. So it's all good. I like your approach where you don't want to call them demonic or anything like I that. I won't. I'm the same way. I won't because I don't want to give it power in my life. Nope. Yeah, that's I, how I feel too. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's great. Um, Brenda, do you have a question? No, I was just going to say on the shadow ones. I've definitely had a few experiences with that as well. Like I had as my childhood seeing one open the door and stare through the doorway. And one of my cases, I don't know, I really felt like it was at least something dark that I felt was actually something there. Is there one of our team members had seen like a, a shadow figure waving at them. And the girl's like, oh, you can see that too? Because <laughs> the girl could see it. And, and he could. But that was kind of one of the interesting things. Um, wow. with that. See, you said you don't like you don't want to get you don't get rid of them which I do I don't like them to stick around where they don't need to be um is there a reasoning behind that uh yes and no um and I I speak plainly and honestly so again I guess if it you know for me if I were to try to because I'm also I don't, I don't know. I, I think I don't have to be careful about answering this. You, you see my struggle. I really don't. I'm just going to be very honest. Like, let's say if I tried to move something on with a prayer into the light, where am I really sending them? You know, the other thing is I believe in, in my, in I'm powerful. I don't give them power. I think if I'm going to just say it, I feel that I am a soldier of God. I don't know if God's a him, her, it, they, them, what, whatever it is, man. I just tell people that there's obviously a higher power. I could almost get guru into this. I just told my kids, hey, it's the chicken and the egg for me, baby. I don't know which came first. They can't answer it. It's a vicious circle. We will, we were not going to know until it's our time to cross that veil and to see if we continue to live different lives each time we go. I don't know, but I put that in perspective, but I also know people who do that and they have a little more fortitude and, and I think belief in their faith in order to project that and, and to commit that level. Um, now I have, I have come across uh, what I think are spirits, uh, Tanya, that seem lost or something. And I'm happy to say, yeah, you see a light. I'm happy to do that, but something negative. That's my, that's my, that's my explanation. I know it seems like a cop out. I'm not afraid to don't, don't get me wrong. I could, I could do it with the best of them. And, I, I'm a pastor too, so I can marry, bury, whatever you want me to do. I wear a lot of different hats. Uh, you know, unlike some of the people I actually ha had been studying the theology and I paid for it online like some other people too. I'm honest about that too, but I'll never put that, that in front of my title. But I feel I'm in touch because I come from a long line in my family of pastors, you know, my great grandfather. Uh, it's just weirdness. But I know I'm skating around certain things. Just, I just didn't want to, it, it just seemed like it was too much for me to get involved in. I don't know if, if you guys consider that cowardly or, or not. I don't think I'm a coward because I have, I go in with a group is afraid to, and I fear what's walking around out here more than I do anything, even on that side. I just, I just want to be sure that I'd be doing the right thing. I guess that's my answer. I just would like to know that I'm doing the right thing. And I don't think I have enough experience, even as long as I've been at this, or maybe I haven't been trained by the right person to, to do that, I guess is my answer. It, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, every, I've worked with a lot of investigators. Everybody's kind of got their own kind yeah. of beliefs on that. Yeah, because I'm not just ghost chasing. You know, I honestly, I'm trying to find some answers for myself. And I set out, I think, earlier that I just wanted everybody to believe, but now I could care less. I just get what I get. And if we go through all the process that we cannot explain it within means, I here, look at it. You can decide whether you think I'm full of poop as the next person, or you can just look at that and go, whoa, um, you know, that's that's your decision. I think it's a healthy standpoint if you don't feel like that's for you because I, I will agree. I think it does take a very strong belief and faith in something stronger than all of us. More powerful right. than all of us. 
Yeah. Now, not to say, and I bet you've had this too. I was going to ask you this, Tanya. In regards to that, though, I've had two different reoccurring dreams, and I still have them every couple of years, and it's the same house. It's the same spirit. Um, I'm picked up, moved around. I'm pushed down. I feel it in my sleep. It's heavy. And I don't, I don't, I feel a little fear at the same time, which I think is natural with anybody. I want to tell anybody out there, if you feel that it's okay, it's natural. And uh, the thing of it is I still face it down because that's what I'm there to do. And I do not give it power to scare me the next time I know I'm having that same dream. Isn't that weird? I don't let it affect me where, Hey, I'm still coming in this time. I'm still coming in this time and I get a little further into the house each time. It's weird. It's funny because I used to have a dream sort of like that when I was young, but mine was a little bit more way fictitious than I knew it couldn't happen because in the dream skeletons were running after me and that's a good happen. Oh Lord. But, no, I don't, I don't see what it is. It just seems to be like you've encountered like an entity in this house and it was going to do what it was to get me out. And I'm like, eh, it's not going to happen. And I'm that way. I'm that way on the, on the real realm too. It's like, that's, you're not going to chase me out of here. Let's just see where we're at. And if I got to, cause one of my friends who I love dearly, Rob Conover passed away a couple of years ago and he was A&E travel channel and he wasn't doing it just to get on TV. I went, I asked him in on a case in Grand Rapids and he was the real deal. I saw something I cannot explain. There were smells and things and I didn't tell him anything about the case other than I need your help because we need this figured out. And he moved this little boy on. And then when it was all over and I sat in the room with him, just me and him, uh, he told me it was a little boy and then he'd been asked to wait for his parents. Now the little boy had grown up to be an adult but then when he passed on, he knew that he didn't wait for his parents and he came back as a smaller child and he was stuck because where that apartment complex was built and other people were having stuff in this apartment. We talked to several people. Um, they There was a family farm. We found out who they were. Once I gave out to, all to Rob afterwards, I mean, he hit everything without even knowing, without even knowing drove all the way from Pekin, Illinois. So I missed that guy, but that's what I meant. You know, this, this is what he did. He was, he was happy to do this. He was a retired Marine, a retired police detective and, you know, loved God. And, you know, like a lot of us do, or you don't, whatever you love, I'm cool. It's just, he was committed, you know, he was certainly committed, but strange stuff. I mean, I'm one of those that because of gifts and with anybody with sense i love the ones that are like me that go in do it for the love or the help and not know what's going on i think it helps to solidify the team's evidence i mean what would you say about that no i've done that on on occasion too where we want i say hey on this one we're not going to do the research i mean i know the address i know you know i know where we're going but i said we're going to do this you know, uh, you know, post-war, I guess, if you want to put it. So we're going to go in here, do it a couple times. Then we're going to look into who who lived here before. When was the you know place or the house built? This is my this is how I do it. So yeah, we do that, and then we get to hey, well, who was there? Who was on the land first? Were there? And I do this too. Were there Native Americans involved anywhere nearby? Is there water underground water? I look at geography. I really do. I get out geographical maps. I got one sitting back here that we're checking right now uh, on a on a case out here near Kalamazoo. And I look at that too. And I take, again, in consideration what a lot of that stuff, according to us in the paranormal now, after what is it now from the uh, uh, British Society of Paranormal uh, Study, you know, we're talking, what is it now, 70, 80 years from the grandfather of modern ghost hunting, you know, who some of the methods we still use. So, they were some of the people were doing that back then, and I continue to do that now because I believe, and I get in debates and, and sometimes arguments with paranormal people all the time that weather is also correlated, so is geography, and so is spatial lineups. If, you, if you're into the universe, it doesn't make you a wacko. It's just that we know that in the winter, when I've done cases and I got a filing cabinet that's four foot tall, full of these cases 
that I have weather conditions written down. And I even go back and look at those every so often because we compare those to something now that we're working on in Bloomingdale, Michigan. And what I found was it's close, it's winter. And in winter, we are pelted very highly with the Van Allen radiation belt, which if anybody knows how that works when it's pelting the earth, we're, we're switched on the axle slightly, which means that we're getting more of that radiation and that radiation bombards positive and negative ions. And if you're gonna go into the ionic study, I know I'm, I'm getting crazy here. If you get into the study of that compared to what we think in theory towards paranormal, hello, you know, if you think they draw energy, again, it, there it is. And I have a lot of stuff that happens in winter and fall for me more than I think it does sometimes in spring, July, you know, in summer months. I mean, I still get stuff, but it ramps up like crazy, especially, you know, different locations that I know. So I would offer that up and say that that's a big part of what I do with this too, is sometimes I go in blind and I'm, and then I find out afterwards, I'm amazed at some of the things I find out. Uh, we did a couple of places in Howell, Michigan, uh, when I was doing tours out there and uh it was crazy you know one had a famous murder which i never knew about i never knew a thing i thought it was a chinese restaurant you know and and then the famous people that were involved in the town and some other things let alone a ghost train believe it or not i used to laugh at that you know from the ghostbuster movie you know about a spectral train and i had a run-in with one i and manny hernandez who's still a friend and comes out with the group and I, I just tell you that just it just amazes me, like, you know, after energy residual and, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, um, what I consider intelligent haunting. And I don't think sometimes we're even talking to ghosts, if I'm going to be honest. So think I, about I, that. I, I, tell everybody. I agree with you on that one. I agree yeah. that it's not always ghosts. I think sometimes there's me. I, like I try to keep everything open. I think sometimes we could actually be communicating with ourselves you know, maybe yeah. like after we pass, I think sometimes you might be dealing with kind of at least what I call like the more the elemental or the fairy realm. Because I've definitely had cases where I've come across that type of evidence where I've seen something yeah. I don't believe is human or stuff that's, you know, interdimensional or possibly there's other dimensions that overlay, which even like physics and stuff like a lot of that, like Einstein or, you know, like a lot of them had it where maybe there may be multiple dimensions overlapping each other. So maybe we're communicating right. with somebody in another dimension. You and I got to sit and have a beer when you're down here. All right. We got to yeah. talk more because yeah. we're, we're of the, we are of a like mind. I give yeah. that lecture. I give that in the lecture too. I get a lot of deer in the headlights, but I tell them shortly, it's like, Hey man, you know, through the super collider alone, they've proven time travel. Um, they've also showed that there there's possibly parallel existence. They saw it happen. Uh, I don't know the specifics, but this is what I read. I believe in that. And you're right, Brandon. Um, I think that there's times that it might be 2000, you know, 23 here, but then if I'm at a site that has something famous in 1921, I might be talking to somebody in 1921 in that parallel existence because their wall is thinner than ours. And for some reason, they're always observing us, but we can't see them. That might even be what a lot of the shadow uh, people uh, talk is about or what it's about. I think they get too much of a bad name because I think in sense of staring at you or standing at the end of your bed, it gives it kind of a negative connotation, but you know, I, I think that's misidentified too. I just, I really believe it is, but you're right, man. I, I don't think it's always ghosts. I'm not going into the UFO and Bigfoot stuff. That's way too far out there for me, even though I do believe in those two, but I, you know what, you know what I mean? Some people go off the deep end. Yeah. I would agree with you on the weather aspect. I mean, the facility that I've got in my background, um, I investigated it first time ever in March. And I had a gentleman tell me when I was using my digital pictures or digital camera for the first time, red pictures always come back in March, always in the colder month of March. Mm -hmm. And they still cannot figure out. And I think it has everything to do with the anger, the frustration of the inmates because that facility wasn't well heated and it was cold and they were not happy because they were constantly freezing and it shows in those pictures because it's always in the cold coldness of March. Yeah. Uh, so I do believe with that same thing, weather has a huge impact. And a lot of times 
I don't know if you believe this, but I believe like we get a lot of, I personally believe in certain environments. We get mm -hmm. more activity in the colder months too. Yeah. Because there's energy, we're, uh, the energy is constantly inside to kind of feed that. Does that make sense? It does. That's what I was alluding to. You know, the inside, we get a lot of activity and I'm one of the nuts and you'll hear it here on the show that I'm out in the snow up to my damn knees, which that's just me. I probably won't do it so much now, but we were doing that and we were working some cemeteries that people said in winter, they were seeing things. And I got some of my best EVPs in cold weather and during a storm, you can hear with the right kind of mic, you know, recorder, or um, I use, you know, the microphone spit guards and the sponges on these to cut down wind. But uh, you can hear that, but they're clear as a bell. So you're right. I think I think that happens too. And as I said, I don't think any of us are too far off with any theory that we're kind of putting into play. My good friend who's passed away, Jason Sullivan, used to do a series called Midwest Haunts 101. You can still go and find him on YouTube. I suggest experienced people watch him new people watch them. Um, Jason knew very early on about some of that stuff we're talking about tonight. And, uh, you know, theory was a big thing he was always about. And don't, you know, come up with your own theory because you could, you know, I think there's a joke that goes, you could read the ingredients on a chewing gum wrapper and by accident suddenly uncover the secrets of the universe. And so by your own theory, you might come up with something else that may work and it'll be proven out that it works and it's another way to do something or another way to collect evidence. And I'm not talking about crazy, just out of the world stuff, but you never know because I have heard from divers, Brandon, Tanya, I want to tell you this. I I'm friends with a person that dives shipwrecks here in Lake Michigan. She's been on destination with Josh. Do you guys know who that is? I, Valerie Van Beest. Yeah. Braves. Yeah, I've I knew her. I, I interviewed her a long time ago about flight, you know, 2501. And so she told me herself, she goes, I'm not want to hear all this ghost stuff. So she put me in touch with somebody else that I had on the show who's all about the Michigan Triangle and some different people. And when I talked to him, and he dives on stuff here in the great still does. And he's done stuff in the ocean. He's like, I am down on this wreck that all hands died on this wreck. You know, he'll tell me certain names and we are hearing people talking. We are hearing music and he's seen things on decks of these ships that he can't explain. And it's almost like shadow movement, like somebody's in the wheelhouse, but he knows it's not fish. You know, you know what I mean? And I found that very interesting because I had asked a long time ago, can if, if we're spirit, can we haunt our own shipwrecks? And when they did that film, The Ghost of the Titanic, which I know is just a made up thing, I was just so in love with that because I just, you see all those shoes and, and stuff laying at the bottom where people came to rest and different things on board the ship. I just, I just had to wonder as a porn, paranormal guy, I mean, are you stuck there because of that incident? Is that where you're at? And you're down there and everything's up above. Because I don't know if I necessarily believe that ghosts can travel everywhere either. I don't know. That's a whole nother show. I'm sorry. I told you I could talk. Yeah. But I kind of agree with you on that. But my philosophy is if anything happens down there, a lot of times I feel like it's residual because it has free flowing energy to continually be there. Almost. Yeah, especially especially with properties and water you're right yeah yeah who knows because with the shipwrecks i mean you're underwater that water's going to constantly be moving yep and this is why i don't like to swim in lake michigan or any deep water because as a sensitive too i'll say it outright there's times it's not like i feel like it's like a horror movie like they're like oh you know like they're reaching out to touch me or grab my legs but I feel so many because there's been thousands of people lost in these lakes and out here at Lake Michigan, I'm just like, there's days I can't go in the water up to here because I feel them 
I don't know how else to put it to anybody, and I don't want to be out there. I'm okay at my knees. You know, I'm okay if I'm in a floaty, but even I said there's days I don't even want to do that because I I feel stupid because I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I'm so sensitive to it. I just I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want you know what I mean? I don't want the connection. I know how you feel it. When I took my girls me out. to the um, golf and uh, they were like, oh, let's swim out further. And I was like, mm -mm. I, if mm. like, I could not swim past where I couldn't touch. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good where I can. My feet have to touch the ground because I feel that yeah. same overwhelming sensation, like something's going to come up mm -hmm. and try to get my attention. Not so much pull me under, but get my attention. Yep. Yep. If I feel ground, I feel like nothing's going to try to get my attention. So That's I, me too. That's funny. Well, like That's me thing, too. You're staying grounded because your feet are on the ground. Whereas if you're past that, you no longer have that grounding point. And that's like a big yeah. thing of the spiritual thing too, is like, sometimes like I've been inside where I've had to go out and be out, go out, go out of a location and go out and ground myself on the grass. But like if you're out in the water, <laughs> And you're not able to ground yourself to the ground. I can definitely see that. Yeah. And I can go out on ships and boats. I'm good. You know, yeah. and my wife will jump off because I went out with them one time. Everybody's, hey, jump in, Dan, take a swim. And I'm like, Tanya, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. So I can't see the bottom. I don't want to go in. And the other thing is I, I do have that insane. I guess I'm psychotic when it comes to that. Uh, I have this insane fear that, oh, now we find the Lake Michigan monster because Dan disappeared. We saw this thing come up and get him. And there are reports every year. I know you know this, Brandon, because you live here. Guys will dive in off a boat completely sober and they never come back up. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? So I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You yeah. guys have fun. Yeah. Have fun with that. Now, if it goes down, then I'll be swimming to shore. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doing that, but I've heard of airplanes being haunted and all sorts of stuff. We even, I got to, I got to work a haunted car that was involved in a mob hit, but I'm trying to save that for a book before I openly talk about it. Okay. We'll have to check out the book. <laughs> It'll be a while. Yeah. It'd be a while. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. First we didn't think it was real, but we found out. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of strange. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about Henderson Castle, though. Uh, I've been there yes, once. Sir. I can't investigate it. Basically, I walked yeah. in because I thought it was like a ghost event. It wasn't something you were putting, but they, it was actually more like a haunted house where people jump out and scare you kind of a thing. So I didn't end up going and doing it because I was misinformed on what it was. But that's definitely was, a very cool, very beautiful building. But if you want to talk something, I know you do a lot of events. events <laughs> well, there. was I there in a Ghostbuster suit? I don't think so. I didn't really go around there just because once I yeah, figured out I, it wasn't actually I, I'm into the real ghost stuff, not into the people jumping out at you. <laughs> yeah, because anything he's done like that, I haven't I haven't been yeah. there. I've been at I've been at two Halloween things, but that's my Ghostbuster thing, you know I do. Yeah. So that was something different. We're there for the kids, whatever, yeah. have a good time. But yeah, if you come to mine, it's uh I host haunted dinner tours and you know, I just read some reviews the other day. There's people who have nasty things to say. Um, not so much about the tour, but, you know, they're like, well, I've been there. I I was there. It's not haunted. Well, you stayed one night. So, okay, whatever. Um, 17 years I've been doing that and uh, prior owner and with Francois. And I've seen some things I can't explain. I've heard a lot that I've recorded that I can't explain. And there, like I said, there are people that early on, I think off air, I said, there's people that come in from across the street because Mountain Home Cemetery is literally across the street there. It's right there. And uh, I love doing it. And I tell everybody it's positive activity. I think Frank and Mary are very welcoming people. I think I've encountered Frank there more than I do Mary, which is understandable. I think he's very protective of her. Um, you know, if you don't know the history, you can, I mean, Wikipedia gives a roundabout version of who they were, but I know that I have some information that I use in the lecture that's from a family member. So the personal side of these people is very precious and it's, it's kind of beautiful the way they were and how they thought, um, you know, they were ahead of their time. 
They were about people in the community. Even though they had money, he was a self-made man. He would he would work at places, apprentice in, and then buy them out. So he understood rather quickly, if I got seven businesses doing trunks, clothes, and whatever else, I got regular income coming in. And, you know, in the day of commodities in the 1860, you know, 9s and 70s and 80s, you took off. And he, he was friends with the Gilmores. He was also friends with the Upjohns. You know, so he knew all a lot of people, the Birch family. I'm naming a lot of names here who are known in Kalamazoo, but but he had connections. And uh, just I think they were just beautiful people. And the daughters have a history, too. They were never little girls when they were in the house. They were preteens to adults. One got married in the house. Um, as far as deaths go, um, I do believe that uh, Frank and Mary are the the two that I can I can correlate with death certificates. They both died in the house. Um, you know, he had an, uh, what they called, uh, oh, geez, what do they call it? Uh, apoplexy, which is a stroke. And, you know, he had two of them and it killed him. And then she had stomach cancer, which is very painful. I can only imagine. And she passed away in 1908, I believe. And he died, uh, in 1890. Uh, yeah, 189, get it right, Dan. 1899 because it was like three or four years after living in the house so it's a beautiful place you know i tell people if you go to stay there and brandon you've been there you know it's an 1895 bed and breakfast don't come there thinking you're going to get to hilton okay uh you know you're not there's some there's some things that you're you know it is what it is but i love the place and it's a beautiful place yeah I, that kind of drives me nuts is when people go to some place that has paranormal activity and then they come out and go well i didn't experience anything that's not haunted yeah just be it, it, one of many reasons could have been it could have been that you they didn't like you or you're not sensitive enough or it just wasn't meant to be you know i always like to tell people don't go in expecting this massive paranormal experience because you can walk out because I've even experienced it and I know you probably have gone into some place that is notoriously haunted and walked out and go well I didn't experience anything yeah but I don't I don't I don't berate it and tell everybody it's just like hey just because I'm there doesn't mean they want to come out and play you're right you're right and yeah I think sometimes they don't I think there's times where they have down it's there's down moments in this too that you can go by months I I know it's happened there where he hasn't really had much go on but I'll tell you the day that he put a Michael Phelps swimming pool and hot tub in Frank and Mary's backyard on the side of the castle. He called me up that night and I saw it on Facebook and I went, oh, oh, and I was right. And he said, hey, some bad things started to happen. They had a water leak for no reason. Uh, I mean, some weird stuff. He even had somebody like physically attack him over something over their stay or something. He's never had that happen. And he said, something's off. And so I went there with a ghost box. I used one of those. And uh, I said, well, we'll see if we can get Frank to say hello or maybe talk to him. I had my son-in-law with me because he, he kind of grew up with us in the group. And he's married my daughter now, which is cool. So um, we talked to Frank. I think we heard from him. And I told Francois, just tell him out loud why you're doing this one businessman to another man, you know, just tell him. And he did. And he said, you know, um, I love your house. I know I'm doing a really bad French accent, but he loves it when I do do him. He goes, I love their house. And we're just trying to bring more people in to have more money and more things for the house. So I had to put in the pool, you know, and he said the next day, it just seemed like the energy changed. And I did ask on the box, does that, you know, is that okay, Frank? Does that make sense to you? I try not to ask big carried on questions. And I think we heard yes. I said, thanks for talking to us. We always get a welcome. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And he said it changed. So I think that that happens too. And I have yet to be in that pool, which I need to, because, you know, my legs um, get in there and check that out. But it's just an amazing place. So I tell everybody go to hendersoncastle.com. They support my network and my podcast and uh, they do wonderful things. And if you want to come to Kalamazoo, stay there and see what happens. You know, it, you can stay the night. 
you can you're allowed to wander around as long as you're not disturbing other guests and do your little ghost hunting don't get strange and start knocking stuff over just you know be cool um and see what you get because i know other groups that maybe a few you know we hear probably people um i know they're in michigan and they've come down and spent the night and i see it on their youtube or on tiktok and i i think it's cool that they get voices and people are talking to them that says that whoever's there welcome welcome them in you know and i'm happy to have that that jewel you know in the grass that little rough rough diamond in the grass type of thing um to do here in kalamazoo it's a lot of fun you know and i protect it with a lot of vivaciousness because i love that place i grew up i don't know if you knew this brandon but i grew up three blocks <laughs> west of that house so i used to play on that hill when i was a kid oh okay yeah that's cool well you know i love I, it I yeah. um because where i didn't i don't call my hometown but where I, I graduated high school from the city like the residents have a cat we have a castle that the residents feel protective of and we kind of like see it as kind of that crowning jewel to the the city and yeah. kind of yeah. I, I get it with the castle um it's it's great that you have that rapport and and frank is comfortable with you <laughs> i'm glad too because i talked to him a lot before we do the tour it's like hey i'm here tonight if you want to talk that you know that's fine and i know there's going to be people going through the house but I think he's come to understand this is what happens with it now. And I think what I get from that is intelligent response. You know, Mary, when, when I think when she gets tired of everybody, certain hours, I've only heard her say this to me once is that I said, Mary, are you here with us tonight? And on my video camera, I caught this, that she said uh, in a whispered, I heard, yes, I'm here. There's a pause and it's time to leave. So I called everybody in the group. It's time to go, man. We're done. Let's give her her space, you know, and I don't think they're there all the time. And I know I'm taking a lot of liberty with saying that they're there and they're this and that, but that's what I believe because I've encountered the same voice. I know the same two same voices. And I know when we've encountered other people there too, you know, that don't seem familiar to me. But I will tell you, Tanya, I, I wish you could come out sometime. I can't promise they're going to do this for you if you came out. You too, Brandon. But we had a birthday, family uh, birthday there. They booked the tour for 55 members of the family. And I asked in a session before we shut it down, I turned the lights down just to kind of make it creepy for them. Spooky, not creepy, spooky. And I said, could you tell me what's in the middle of the table? And a woman's voice came over and it didn't sound like Mary, but she said a cake and everybody gasped because they thought they're looking around. Like I got somebody on a walkie talkie or something. And I, I showed them like, oh, no, no. And I said, well, can you tell me what color that cake is? And sometimes I was going to ask you this, Tanya, Brandon too, both of you. So when you ask colors, sometimes, sometimes they get it just slightly off. Like it's red, but they'll say pink because mm -hmm. like i don't know what their spectrum is right just well even thing. even people though they have based on like the cones that you have in your eyes and people have different uh right. setting cones in their eyes you can see colors differently yes so um, they might be seeing it of course they don't have cones now but i don't know what their spirit body is like but that could be very well why they're seeing things a different color yeah, some people have like oh. four cones some people have only two and some the most people have three types of cones in their eyes so it's <laughs> that can definitely cause the colors for them to be seen it differently no but right, they might right. be seeing it just from that spectrum that's good that's what i'm thinking too yeah i just thought yeah that's odd you know i don't know what they're seeing but they did get it right they said red and without me even asking that lady, that voice of that lady came back on and said, velvet, it was a red velvet cake. And that family was losing their mind. I'm just like, hey, welcome to the Henderson Castle and the paranormal. You are, you are witnessing a very rare, this rare event. Cause you know, even with us going out with our groups, we don't get stuff like that all the time. And I just thought, well, damn, maybe I should just do a tour and investigation every time people are here. You know, I, I didn't know what to make of it. 
So I'm lucky. I'm lucky with that sometimes, you know. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.